Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Friday, April 30th, 2021. It's just after 2.30 UTC. Uh, I'm Sam Minter, Yvonne Bo is here, and we're going to do the same thing we've been doing forever. Well, not forever, but at least for like a month, month, two, something. I don't know. Forever and ever and ever will do till the end of time. The end of time. Yeah, anyway, we're going to alternate topics uh, until we're sick of it. We'll... You know, Yvonne will pick one, I will pick one, Yvonne will pick one, I will pick one, and then we'll be done. The last few weeks, we've only done four topics total, and that's been fine, I think. Like, sometimes we've gone six, but when we've gone six, we typically go over two hours. When we've been doing four, we've been in our target zone, which is actually between 90 minutes and two hours for this show, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, now, if we turns out we pick a topic and we only talk about it for like two minutes and then we're like yep nothing else to say then maybe we'll go more we'll see we'll see so anyway yvonne i I have started the last couple weeks so this week i'm gonna ask you to start what do you want to talk about first well i'm gonna briefly mention something before i i make an official topic (laughs) you know whenever you do this it ends up being a topic because no 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 well, look, no, I'm not I'm not going to drag it out into a topic, but I will make a mention of it. Today okay. I got some really it's really it was sad news. No no other way. Uh, the mm. the girl I went to senior prom with died. I, I she's my age. Yeah. 50. You know, we're talking about forever and ever and I'm like, you know, we're talking about today. I'm like, you know, I I mean, I yeah, I knew her for a I mean, I, I knew her in high school. I hadn't spoken to her eh, since the 90s. Um, but um, it's just, it's somebody that a lot of people that I know, because uh, she's from, I'm from a very small town. For those of you who don't know, know, it's called Corozal. It's in the middle of nowhere uh, in Puerto Rico. And uh, I was born in San Juan, but my father's from there and I spent most of my 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 childhood and, and you know even like my adult life that I lived in Puerto Rico there, um. And so she was from that town. Um. Mom was telling me today that uh, I did not remember this that you know uh, she had uh she did her Catholic confirmation, which is something very typical, and she had been the godmother for her at the Catholic confirmation. In large part because apparently her mom was suffering through battling alcoholism and she was just not there very much for her and uh my mom knew of her and did that i i didn't realize because my mom you know she was a pharmacist and our pharmacy was well known in town and my my parents were seen as people that were very helpful Hmm. of people and she had worked at the store as well and so we knew her i mean so we knew a lot of people and so uh she had cancer. She got cancer. Got three kids. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just uh, well, life takes a 
takes people out a lot earlier many times than you just expect. I just did not expect to hear that. Yeah, and and I I guess since you hadn't talked to her in decades, you hadn't yeah that she was sick or any of this stuff you didn't know now i actually remember the last time i saw her to be precise because you know i remember these things i was actually sitting at the desk at the at our travel agency that 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 we had and she she had stopped by and i spoke to her for a few minutes it was a pleasant conversation i don't remember what she was doing anyway what i heard is that she she eventually got uh, explained that she got married to the son of a doctor from from town, and they had moved somewhere in Florida. Actually, she wasn't li- even living in Puerto Rico, but it's not like I mean, Jesus, like so many millions of others. There's more Puerto Ricans here, I think, than in Florida and in Puerto Rico anyway anymore. So, um, so yeah, she wasn't even living there. So uh, she had survived by three kids and her husband, unfortunately, like right now. Yeah. So anyway, I, I figured that she mentioned it. She was. Yeah, she was a good person. I mean, I, I, we 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 broke up over stupid stuff, whatever. But you know, the stupid things that you know you worry about at that age. But she was a very good good person. That was just very sad to hear that today. So I figured I'd just mention that. Yeah. Before we go into some other subjects. So, uh, anyway, uh, I just want to say sorry for your loss, Yvonne. I know it's been decades since you talked to her, but obviously, you know, it's. You know, it's still someone you knew and it, it still hits you. Like, um, I, I, re- I remember a few years ago, I found out that one of my childhood friends from, you know, that I, I knew when I was like, I, I met them when I was like four or five years old and I interacted regularly with them, maybe up until around age 10 or 11, um, uh, and I, f- I found out it's, it's been 10 years now, but I, I've, I connected to somebody uh, via Facebook that was also a friend of mine from that same age that I hadn't talked to in decades. And I arranged a phone call with them and I'm like, Hey, it's good to talk to you. What about this other guy that we used to, you know, we, we spend all our time and, and they're like, Oh, you didn't know, you know, they passed away like five years ago or 10. I, I don't know how long ago it was, but Jeez. like years previously. And, um, and, and yeah, when they were still young um and it's like oh man because uh, you you lose touch and then uh, and something like this comes up and it still hits you because even though you interacted with that but person somebody you spend a lot of time with your friends with and did you know it's not just some yeah i mean i re- i remember that conversation hit me like a ton of bricks i mean yeah you know, I hadn't seen the kid since we were both 13 years old. And by the time we were having this conversation, you know, I was 40 or something, um, or probably late thirties, but you know, so it had been forever since I'd seen the kid, uh, or talked to him. I mean, I, I, the last time I talked to him, we, we were kids, you know, right? but still it's like, oh, cause you know, you may not have talked to them forever, but you still sort of felt like that's an important part of your history and everything. And, and you don't expect it to be gone, especially in these cases where, you know, someone passed away in their thirties or, or, or 50 in, in your case, or, you know, any, anything other than, oh yeah, they died of old age in their eighties or nineties. You're like, oh man. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 I think that's, that's a big thing. I mean, it's just it, you know, it's 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 hard. And, and and like I said, I mean, she was she was I mean, she was my first 
girlfriend. I will say the first real official girlfriend. I mean, I, I, I dated some girls, but she was like I'm really my first girlfriend. Right. So, oh. Okay. So, anyway. All right. So, okay. With uh, that sad stuff out of the way, what's your first actual topic, Yvonne? I won't count that one against you. All right. All right. Okay, so let's talk about the State of the Union. Wait, 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 wait. Just to, just to be absolutely clear, it was not a State of the Union. It was a joint, no, it was an address, address to Congress. Was, yes, it was a joint address but to like, Congress. But like, I looked into the history of this stuff when people were complaining a while ago that Joe Biden hasn't given a State of the Union address, blah, 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 blah. It, well, it turns out well, normally, right. that, you yeah, know, they don't. the first year of a president's term there's never a state of the union, you know, or going, going yes. back uh, 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 almost a hundred years, correct. there hasn't been one, you know, since the tradition of doing it in person was done, you know, that it just never happens the first year. But on almost all of those years, there is an address to Congress, but it's always later in the year. The state of the unions are always in like January or February usually, but the, right. these first year addresses to Congress are very often later in the year. Like this. I mean, yeah, we're not usually talking October or November, but, you know, April is not at all unusual for these first speeches. And, you know, part of the reason for that is like, if you think about it, a new president is inaugurated on January 20th and they give this big inaugural address. Does it make sense for them to go back to Congress, you know, two or three or four weeks later to give another address? No. <laughs> Look, no, I, I, I will say that I, I look, even like I remember in one of my recent jobs, I, I a, a couple of times I've been tasked to um, give some kind of report or like presentation of what's going on in the business, like 30 to 45 days into the job. I, I've been asked <laughs> yeah. that the last two times, man. I mean, you know what? I've given what I've gotten, but I tell you. It's 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 so light on real knowledge of what the fuck is going on, right? Because it's just not enough time to to really okay. I've gotten some information, but and I've gathered about you know met with all the stakeholders, understood what what's going on, what concerns are going, and so forth and so on. But even still, it takes a little bit to validate whether that information is correct, whether we, we you know what actions are going to take, and so forth. I will say that this is around a good time, say three months in, 90 days, 100 days, where you've got a much better feel for what the hell is going on. Mm. Okay. I mean, you try to, I, I mean, my experience is like those were 30 days. All you're doing is sitting through briefings and going through stuff and getting information and reading reports and trying to d dive through stuff. And, and I know that, that, that you know, it, it being going to be president of the United States, you have a lot more public information to go on than say you're going into taking over a business, okay? Because it's not being announced publicly what the hell's going on in the nation. You're going in as president. Well, you know, we have a pandemic. You know, we have trade treaties going on. You know, the economic data is public. So, so you have more of that. But still, the federal government is the largest, you know, em employer in the United States. It's so big. There's so many things going on that, that I mean, in order to get a good grasp handle of it, I mean, shit, you can't do that in like two weeks. Mm -hmm. You can get certain things, but I don't think that you can speak completely. Into, I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea to speak so quickly about something you've just basically just got handed the, the wheel to like, you know, 
just a couple of weeks past. So if they did, it would just be a rehash of the inaugural address. I mean, because it's the same kind of stuff you can say then, you know, it's like. Right, uh, exactly. Right. There would be no insight, you know, as having been president. So, yep. so, so anyway, um, I, I did kind of sort of watch it, um, but. They made you Well, watch. yeah, I, 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 I was going to watch it anyway. Well, you were asked to watch. Look, my, my wife invited me to a State of the Union watch party thing on Zoom. Okay. Okay. Um, and let me just say, Zoom was not meant for this. Okay. No. I have seen you both with my teacher, my teachers, my my son's teachers trying to play videos to his class, um, and a few other events like this where people were trying to share video. Like, okay, it's not meant for sharing video. It just, it's just like, it doesn't, I mean, they, well. they were playing it. Well. No. I mean, ba- basically, cause my, my wife brought it up on her screen and then shared her screen to the other people watching. Right. And it ends up going at like one frame a second or something, one or two frames a second, which, you know, is that not fast enough for you? I mean, it's just a person talking. It doesn't really matter. Like you could just go with only the sound. Um, and that would be fine. Right. You don't actually need the video, but it, it's just stupid, right? So I, I ended up um, muting. I, I kept like the little chat room that my wife had up on her Zoom uh, with a few of her friends watching this with her. Um, but I muted the audio on there and brought it up independently on my screen to watch. Um, and, you know, honestly, I was trying to pay attention, but, you know, uh, Alex was sitting next to me constantly, you know, sort of interrupting and asking why I was paying attention to that instead of him and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm like, I want to watch it. But, you know, I, honestly, I, I, I said in our Curmudgeon's Corner chat before this, and I've repeated with every State of the Union for a long time now, I kind of stopped really paying much attention to the State of the Unions sometime partway through the Obama administration. I don't know exactly when it was, but I mean, there was a time before that where I would sort of religiously make sure I would watch every state of the union and I would pay close attention and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, after a while you realize that this, this is the kind of speech that with very few exceptions, and there have been a few exceptions, but with very few exceptions, once 24 or 48 hours have gone past, Nobody remembers anything from that speech. No one's talking about it anymore. Everybody's moved on. Uh, 90% of the time, the contents of the speech are a wish list of things that the president wants to do that have zero chance of ever getting through Congress, and so don't happen. Um, And so, you know, I, I guess it's still useful to sort of understand aspirationally, like what the president wants to do and what their priorities are. But in terms of actually like, you know, what's actually going to happen in the next few months or, you know, the quote unquote actual state of the union, well, it's, I don't but, know, uh, it, it's just, well, I don't know. Well, listen, I, I, I will have said that before, but I actually think that in this case, look, a lot of the stuff that's on the table probably gets through i mean the big parts mm. okay look some of it yeah uh there 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 are big significant parts the infrastructure plan i think they're gonna get it through 
I think they are going to get a whole bunch of the tax changes that we're talking about going through. I, I mean, because they, they, they have one more shot where actually I think the, the parliamentarian said there might even be more than one shot. But they can they can push through the things with budgetary implications through the reconciliation process. Right. Anything that's not in that category it seems like it has a very low chance other than things that uh, Biden can do solely by executive well, order. Well, I'm surprised, but well, listen, I don't know if you saw today that they passed this thing where they reinstated the methane rules from the Obama administration and actually were able to do it with a simple majority in in in, in the Senate, okay? And it's going to go to the House and get passed. I had not seen that. How did, they, check, how did they get away with that? Did the Republicans just not bother Philip Three Republicans voted for it. No, three Republicans voted for But you need 10 to break a filibuster, so they just didn't bother filibustering? But apparently it didn't need, apparently that measure did not require a filibuster, it simply required a simple Well, majority. no, but the thing is, whether, so that's that's up to essentially the minority, in, unless it's going through the reconciliation process. No, the, the, the Republicans no, no. have the what right they, no, to filibuster. What the parliamentarian I, I, okay. ruled, wait, okay. wait, wait, hold up, back up. What the so, parliamentarian ruled was that because there there was something that said that a rule that had been changed by the uh, by the preceding administration before oh, they this left. is that nine yeah th- there's a there's a time limit where they can do that yes 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 correct and because it was within the time limit they could do it with a simple majority and they got three republicans to vote yeah for. this was the, i i know what you're talking about now the, there's a specific thing about congress overriding regulations that uh that I forget exactly when this rule was put into place, but uh, it's been around for a while now. Uh, Trump took advantage of it in his first few months as well to override a bunch of uh, last minute uh, Obama regulatory changes. It's basically it's not a law, but it's a procedural thing where within a certain amount of time, Congress can override a regulatory change. Correct. And that's what they were doing like right now. And so that's what they did with the methane rules, where they went back to the previous methane rules, and so therefore were able to get that passed. But I was surprised Lindsey Graham Lindsey Graham voted for reinstating them. Okay. I was wait, what? So So anyway, back back to the this actual state of the union, regardless. I did watch it. Um it was still hard to pay attention to. I wasn't riveted by it, but that's okay, because, I mean, the main thing that I got out of this speech, and I imagine most people got out of this, is just the contrast from the last four years. I mean, it, as with everything else in this administration, it's night and day. I mean, you have a person talking seriously about policy uh, and not ranting and raving, not demonizing— Not about American carnage? Not—well, that was an inaugural address. But yes, not not demonizing the opposition, not whatever. No, all know. similar themes. He, he did say some of that crap, too, like, you know, and others. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and of course you had the— the light audience because of the COVID precautions and all of this kind of stuff. And I think for, I mean, he, he did point out his wife, but other than that, I think there were no sort of prop people that, you know, you point at the person in the, the audience usual prop and, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is something that has annoyed me for decades. <laughs> and so I'm like, glad that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Joe. It's boring Joe. It's Joe talking about policy. It's not 
crazy Donald Trump ranting about whatever he wants to talk about. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it was, it was, it was refreshingly boring. Yes. And, and, you know, very heavy on, on, on substance, uh, a whole bunch of what I could, I, I didn't watch it. I'm just reading from what people explained, you know, like I mentioned, talk about infrastructure, talk about tax plans, talk about stuff like that, you know, uh, which, which it, a whole bunch of the stuff they're talking about, it, it has a good shot at, at getting, uh, done. But also importantly, even the things that are probably not going to happen, you know, he expressed them in a way that pulls very, very well and got all these pictures of the Republicans sort of sitting on their hands about those things and saying, you know, we don't like that, we don't approve, and sort of setting up the debate where, you know, the things that they can't get through. He's trying to structure it so it becomes very, very clear. The reason that people didn't get those things is the Republicans stopped it. And I think, and the Republicans are are, are not understanding that, I, I, I don't understand, well, I understand what their strategy is. I don't think it makes sense, especially heading into a midterm like the one that they want to head into like right now where this stuff is popular. Yeah, and th- this is actually a key point that the... I- I've seen people sort of try to do this before, but this is the first time I've seen it actually seem like it's working, where the Biden folks are recasting bipartisanship as people from both parties in the country at large support this thing in polls, as opposed exactly. to... Republican politicians support the thing. So he's pointing Exactly. So he's pointing at things like, you know, the COVID relief bill and showing that it had 70% 70% approval. Yeah, and, and which included, you know, like 90 plus percent from Democrats but still over 50% for Republicans. Republicans. I mean, it's those are big numbers. Yeah, and so he's pointing at policy after policy after policy where yes, there is a big Democratic Republican divide on it. But it still has support of a majority of Republicans too, right? And 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 their politicians aren't. But the problem is that their constituents like this shit, right? Which has been a recurring theme that we've talked about Republicans that they don't actually seem to, you know, it's like it's like the tax bill, right? The Republicans support one of their worst approval ratings, Donald Trump approval ratings, what that was when they rammed that tax bill through. Why? Because it's unpopular as all shit. Nobody liked that crap. Right. This stuff they love. So you're like, okay. But but they're trotting out the same tired line to combat it. This is why the Republicans are trying to talk as much as they possibly can about, you know, Dr. Seuss and Joe Biden wants you to not right. eat beef and beef. <laughs> all, all this kind of stuff, which wasn't even true, by the way. It was completely made up and they admitted on it. They admitted it on Fox News that, oh, yeah, we screwed that one up. Uh, but yeah, they're still talking about it, right? Um, yeah, so they want to pivot to all these kinds of things. But but look, the Republican response, my understanding is they trotted out 
hey, let's find our token black guy that we've got around, okay, all right, you know, who's a who's a moron, okay? Because I say he's a <laughs> moron, because it's like, the same fucking thing as me going out as a Latin guy out there being a fucking Republican and saying, oh, yes, Republicans don't want me thrown out of the country. What the fuck is the matter with you, fucking psychopath? And then trot this <laughs> asshole out there to go and talk like, oh, there is no systemic racism in the country. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Uh-huh. And so they find the one black guy who believes this shit, okay, that is that is in their in their in their caucus because how many other black Republican senators are there other than this guy? Well, none. Right. Okay. So therefore, okay, you trump the only guy you got, and then this this psychopath goes up there and says there's no systemic racism, and his rebuttal to uh to Biden's plans is it's a big waste of money. And I'm like, listen, motherfuckers, you guys have been wasting money on so much shit that doesn't help the average American, okay, in any way, shape, or form for decades now, okay? And your response to all of Biden says, ah, it's all crap and expensive. And I'm like, because that's it. That's the grand totality of their response. And, and look, you, you mentioned that there has been some of the traditional talk about like, oh, it's going to blow up the deficit, blah, 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 tax and spend liberals. never give a shit about the deficit! Well, but th- what I was going to say is even there, th- while there has been some of that, it hasn't been as loud as it sometimes is because they realize that A, it falls flat because they're obviously hypocrites on it. Yes. And B, their own... The Republican base has shown it doesn't care either. It doesn't fucking care. Right. They care about culture wars and, and Dr. like you said, Dr. Seuss and, like, Biden doesn't want you to eat beef and that horse shit. <laughs> he, Biden doesn't want you to eat that either. Well, probably not, yes. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure that Biden doesn't want me eating horse shit. Thank, and thank you, Joe. I do appreciate the fact that you don't want me eating horse shit. I, I do. I do really, truly appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was the it, it was the fake State of the Union address to Congress thing, and it happened, and yeah, and... and Again, it all comes back to to me. This all comes back to, and I guess we can merge this with the hundred days of Joe thing that was also on the list here because it's it, you know this happened on the, day ninety nine was the speech, and it's now I believe today was day one hundred. Um, and look, the theme over and over and over again is the contrast to the previous administration. And some things have been very, very intentional by Joe Biden in terms of, you know, keeping a low profile. I mean, he's there, he's president, he's shown up, he's given interviews, he's, he's, you know, he's out there when he needs to be out there, but he's not making a spectacle of himself. He's not dominating your airwaves all the time. And I'm not saying that even if he wanted to, Joe could do that. Like Donald Trump had a knack for that, but I think very intentionally Joe Biden is being low key as low key as possible and asking his administration to do the same thing. I was just noting today, um, you know, I'd seen like last week and the week before people talking about, um, 
you know, Kamala Harris had been put in charge of like, go fix that situation at the border. But we haven't really heard from her very much. You know, she hasn't been like visiting the border and giving speeches and and doing stuff that was highly visible in the public. Um, but, you know, in the last few days, numbers have come out that in the last month, the number of children held by Border Patrol is down 82% in the last month and on a heavy downward trend. And, there, and the, the next stage, like those kids move from Border Patrol to H, H&SS. Is it H&SS? No, that was our college. Um, no, no, yeah. No. Yes, that, 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 the, the, it's the, not the humanities and social sciences. No, what, whatever. You know, they move to the next stage. <laughs> Uh, and it wasn't my college, but it was a college at our university. Whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the but uh, you know they they move to the next stage, and that next stage um, it, it still has some issues, but is also getting better. Um, and and so there's, but you know you haven't heard them making a, a big show about it yet. They're just in the background fixing the damn problems. You know they're they're doing the work, and you know if you look in. You know, and I don't know how much Kamala Harris was specifically doing versus anybody else, but does it really freaking matter? The point is that quietly behind the scenes, they've been doing the work necessary to improve the problem that was identified a couple months ago. And I think they've been doing that systematically in all kinds of different areas, working sort of calmly and professionally and doing their thing and just trying to solve the problems with the basic idea of, you know... If we actually make people's lives better, if we actually solve problems, that will speak for itself to some degree. Now, not not entirely. I think they've also learned their lesson um, that they want to do some more communication on, yeah, we did this for you because they feel like in the Obama administration, both with the, you know, uh, uh, the the bill to sort of get out of the financial crisis and then later Obamacare, they feel like in both cases, they sort of lost the communication war um, on those. So I think for their big initiatives, they have been making a point of talking over and over again about what we've done for you. Uh, but even there, it's like, you know, pointing out the successful policy, not individuals going out there, you know, to, to ag aggrandize themselves. Right. And it's it's such a refreshing change. You know, it's like the world is normal again. Yes. It it is a massive change. So yeah, the first hundred days of Biden, boring but competent. And one thing about it is that, you know, people like seem to like it so far. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the approval ratings, right? Um I mean and compare at the same time of different presidencies. I mean, yes, Joe Biden's doing a lot better than Donald Trump was. He's not doing as good as Obama was. Fine. I mean, and also in terms of stability of the ratings, so far, Joe Biden's ratings, have, you know, in terms of job approval and all that, have been even more stable than Donald Trump's was. I mean, and I think it just underlies the whole, you know, we're we are very divided and very crystallized and these job approval ratings at this point um aren't i mean back in the olden days they would go up and down a lot based on the oh, news yeah. and what was going on and you know what had the president done this week um and now no because like almost all of it is people who just said you know yeah he's on my team 
I approve. Or he's not on my team, I disapprove. And that's it. They're not going to think any further than that. Yep, yep, yep. You know, and uh, and so these these you look at these charts and they're basically straight lines. I mean, there's the usual little jitter you have from any polling, but it's, there's no movement. (laughs) There's nothing happening. They're not, they're not people being suddenly convinced of one thing or another. It's just like, you know, every, every, you know, everybody's on their side and nothing's changing, but. You know, and, and it's, it's the new politics at this point, right? I mean, you know, we were talking about, you know, what did the Republicans come out in response? But what they're interested is uh, is all these damn culture wars and just getting sound bites to get on Fox. And uh, I'm, I'm reading John Boehner's book. Okay, yeah, you mentioned that before, and and that's what and that's the main thing that that he has said is that you know all these new fucking Republican politicians, which he despises, you know, you know greatly. That's all they do. They're not interested in policy. They're not interested. Think they're just interested in in their next damn soundbite. Mm-hmm. That's it. How they just you know create more culture war and that's it. Or the next dollar they can make off it. Ah, uh, well, yeah, that 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 too. Or apparently, in Matt Getz's case, uh, what's the next teenager he can pay to fuck? <laughs> we 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 do have additional Matt Gates stuff. But, uh, yeah. Gates gets good, good, you know, Gates. It's Gates. It's Gates. We looked this up when this scandal, like, hit a few weeks back. But, yeah. Gates gets, you know, fuck. Whatever. Okay. Enough about the State of the Union? Yes. All right. So, your turn. My turn. Um... There's several things I could pick from, but I just cannot resist. Rudy... Rudy, Rudy, yes! Now, I know I've said on the show over the last couple of weeks, wake me up when somebody's actually indicted, but okay, the, a search warrant, it, it's still, it's still <laughs> it's fun. Juicy. It's juicy enough, right? Yeah, I mean, they they, they uh, executed a search warrant on uh, Rudolph, Ju- Rudolph, yes. Um, <laughs> Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. I mean, that is his name. Yes, it is. Um, so Rudolph Giuliani's, they, 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 they executed a search warrant on Rudolph Giuliani's apartment. Uh, they apparently took some electronic devices. They took some other stuff. Uh, Rudy was actually like put out a statement complaining that they took all this other stuff, but they didn't take my copy of Hunter Biden's hard drives. (laughs) They were like, we're not interested, sir. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh okay uh yeah yeah and uh they apparently also did a search warrant of another um of the lawyers that was involved in all that whole ukrainian mess and apparently the reporting is that that is what this is about uh whether you know he was operating as an unregistered foreign agent while he was dealing with all this Ukraine stuff. And, you know, and, and, and you know, there've been subsequent reports that continuing to follow up on the fact that the FBI actually warned him that a bunch of the stuff that he was talking about was a Russian intelligence operation, uh, intentional disinformation, et cetera, et cetera. And he was running with it anyway. And they, they sort of warned him that, you know, he was falling into a trap with this stuff and he kept going anyway. You don't say, really. 
Yeah. I mean, look, I, I mean, we, we, none of this is, there, there was nothing new revealed this weekend other than, or this week, there was nothing new revealed this week other than the fact that the Department of Justice is very actively looking into this stuff to see what was going on. Um, but we had all this reporting last year, right, about Rudy and all of his associates that were you know, Ukrainian or Russian agents and what and how they were all tied up into an intelligence operation and Rudy was falling for it hook, line, and sinker and passing it along to Donald Trump and um yeah. Yeah. I mean and it was clear at that time that there were potential legal implications. But you know, the whole deal then was well, you know, if they can't really go after him because the Department of Justice uh, is protecting all of Donald Trump's friends, and if there was an issue, Donald Trump would pardon him anyway. Well, guess what? Yep, there's no there's no Donald around anymore. There's no Donald around anymore. There's no uh, Bill Barr. Bill Barr. Bill. I always yep. I always mix up yep. the two bars. Bill Barr. Bill uh, Barr. You know, there's no Bill Barr anymore, and and so yeah, the investigations are proceeding, and. Um, what are they going to do next? And are you well? Know- I, I mean, I think it's uh, very important uh, to get Rudy's side of this. Uh, he issued a statement. I don't know if you read it. And well, I, I mentioned the statement where he was talking about Hunter Biden's hard drives. Was there a different part of it that you wanted to highlight? I mean, I I, I know you mentioned that he made a statement, that, you know, but he, you you well, you mentioned about no, well, you mentioned that he said that they didn't take his that they didn't take his hard drives, but I'm mentioning the statement itself, where I mean, this is just a clear example of what an eloquent attorney, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mister Giuliani is, and the kind of like high quality, uh, uh, uh talented legal. Help that he is getting to get through this difficult time. Okay. Yes. Where uh, I could quote, uh, it, you know, uh, uh, our listener Greg, uh, 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 you know, picked a choice uh, statement where he said, it is also clear, a clear example of corrupt double standard, one for high level Democrats whose blatant crimes are ignored, such as Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and Republicans who are prominent supporters of and defenders of President Trump, who are subject to false charges and procedures used in the past, if at all, in cases involving terrorists and organized criminals. Unquote. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know either. It, I, I mean, I, I guess, look, his the main point is just, he's like, look, they only go after Republicans. They don't go after the Democrats. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Sure, Rudy. Okay, you know, yeah. All right. Yeah, Rudy. Okay. Uh, right, you're right. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm just... It, it, the thing is that his entire... The, the entire thing here was not even to address any of the things that he knows he's being investigated for, because he knows whatever the fuck he's being investigated for. Let's be clear about this. He's not He's not a complete moron. His statement included that all they are looking at is this stupid foreign registration thing, which I'm not... And he says he's not guilty of it or whatever, but but he he, he implies that that's the only thing that he's being investigated for that he knows about. And I really don't think that that's the case. I really don't think that they would have just gone there because of just that. No. 
Well, there's there's also the question of you know yes they're going after Rudy but do is Rudy a gateway to something else? Right. Do they feel like they can through what they get out of Rudy uh, implicate other people in the Trump administration or or even Trump himself? I don't know. Um, or do they think that you know they can get Rudy to flip on somebody or or whatever? I, and I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, they, I, I think the one thing is they got to follow the money. That's the number one thing. I mean, th- that's the one thing that never happened in the Mueller investigation. And we, you know, people who were involved in that investigation have explicitly said so at this point. It says, you know, the money was off limits. We That was always out of bounds for us. We never looked into any of that. And so if they're doing that now, great. I mean, I don't know what they'll find or what they won't find. I let me tell you something. Rudy has been living quite, quite, quite a lavish lifestyle with almost all his sources of income that I can see getting cut off. Hmm. Okay? That's my first thing. And so where the fuck is that money coming from? So I, I suspect, and I mean, I've said this before back when we were talking about Russia and Ukraine stuff a year or more ago. Um, you know, given all of the evidence that we do have so far, what it looks like across the board here is useful idiots and lots of useful idiots. These are people who really only cared about the money, um, and didn't want to look any deeper, didn't care to look any deeper, sort of like, you know, in, in the Rudy Giuliani example of uh, potential, you know, feeding into uh, a disinformation campaign that was being run by the Russians, right? Yeah. He didn't care where that was coming from or what it was coming from. He cared that it could potentially hurt Joe Biden, who was running against the guy he supported. Right. Like, the 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 origin of that did not matter in the slightest to him. Exactly. He didn't care if it was true or false. That nope. None of that mattered. Although, I think he's... It, I think it's pretty clear at this point that whatever he was decades ago, at this point, Rudy's not that bright either. No. So, it may well be possible that he just believed all this stuff. Um, and, and so these are a whole bunch of easily manipulatable people surrounding Donald Trump and the various world powers that wanted to manipulate them, you know, did so. Well, I'm going to go a little bit beyond that. Listen, but there's also another thing that they are and that you can't deny is they're greedy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. And so the one thing is that the greed is the thing that got what's his name uh, his campaign manager into in the clink Manafort. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. It's the greed, and it's the hiding of the money, and it's the laundering of the money, yes. and it's the not declaring of the money. That's really what got him into trouble. And let me, and that's why I go back to the fucking money with Giuliani because listen, if Manafort was able to get that kind of fucking money for these people. Do you not think that these people that were trying to get all this influence to, you know, around and uh, were using Lev Parnas as other people as as conduits and whatever, you don't think they were like fucking like willing to funnel money? Oh, millions. Yeah. I I mean, look, come on. I I think this is the this is the key bit that we have a whole bunch of grifters. Yes. A whole bunch of grifters that weren't all that bright. Right. Which 
produced an incredible opening for anybody who wanted to be in the business of manipulating them. And I think we have evidence that the Russians were doing it, the Saudis yes. were doing it, the yes. Turkish the Turkish government yes. was doing it, and and there are undoubtedly all sorts of other things that weren't even governments that just realized, hey, <laughs> you know, you know, we could get whatever we want. We just have to throw money around in the right way. And, you know, it may not quite reach the level of explicit bribery because the the standards for that have been sort of watered down so much that you have to essentially prove that you've got a signed contract a about it. It's a quid pro quo, yeah. You know, um, I mean, not, not quite, but yes, you have to show the direct... But almost. Yeah, you have to show the direct quid pro quo and sort of the sort of... Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge stuff doesn't even count anymore. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and so, yeah, I think you, you end up with a situation that, you know, everybody and their grandmother realized that you could manipulate these people easily. And so we're doing so. Right. You know, that's exactly right. And, and so, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I hope that we, as we go through this process, we do shed more light on it. And honestly, some of it may not be prosecutable. I mean, the, the laws here are less than that easy, but here's the thing, because it involves a whole bunch of foreign money and their pension for trying to hide it yeah. and not declaring taxes on it. That's where these guys always get into fucking trouble because you get three million dollars wired to you through some other place or whatever and you don't have a you don't get a 1099 or some shit and then you're like tempted ah, i'm not gonna report it and and look this is i mean this is the whole al capone thing right you know, they never got him for right. any actual like organized crime stuff they got him for lying on his taxes and you know right and th this is a ploy that's worked over and over and over again but you'd think these people like because some of the stuff that they're doing is shady but not necessarily illegal if it was all properly declared yeah but when you're getting 10 million dollars if you're getting 10 million dollars and you gotta pay because the, the effective tax rate is like 40 percent on that money yeah. You got to turn $4 million over to Uncle Sam. How tempting <laughs> is it to not declare it? I, I understand. But, you know, that's why these fuckers fall for it every fucking time. Because, like, if you take that out of the equation, like, one of the things we discovered during the Trump administration is that there are quite a few highly unethical things that actually aren't currently against the law. And many that, by the way, all they had to do was declare it and they were fine. Yeah, like this whole thing about declaring as a registered foreign agent. It's some paperwork. Right. You know? Um, uh, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, we keep coming back to they're a bunch of idiots. And and greedy idiots. And greedy idiots. Like you said, greedy idiots. The, the the greedy is important. The stupid is important. You put them both together, you've got a recipe for disaster. Exactly right. And I hope that all of these people get nailed to the wall. <laughs> and horny, too, which I forget, of course, you know, because apparently, you know, not the, you know, greedy, horny idiots. Yes, you know, as, as Gates and, you know, Rudy with Borat's 
you know, sister or whatever the hell it was, all this stuff. Yes. Uh, in, indeed. I mean, all, all of this stuff is just like what you would have had to do to stay out of trouble is not that much. Not that much. <laughs> not particularly, no. <laughs> you, so, anyway. now, But like I said, some of this might not actually end up being prosecutable because they don't... Like, the laws are written in a way where the threshold of evidence needed is pretty high. And, and maybe they won't be able to find that. Maybe in some of these cases, there's enough sort of plausible deniability that they didn't know what was going on or they didn't understand or this or that. And in some cases that's enough. Like going back to the Mueller report, they said, you know, Mueller almost explicitly said the reason that he couldn't go after Donald Trump Jr. for campaign finance violations is because he thought Donald Trump Jr. was too dumb to understand that what he was doing was breaking the law. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that was one law that, you know, a- a- amongst these where a, com- a necessary component was knowing for, that you were, it, uh, you were breaking the law. Knowing that you were breaking the law. Like there's some it laws matter. that like, there's a lot it of doesn't laws matter that it doesn't if matter, you, right? it doesn't matter yeah, but there are some of these laws specifically related to some of these campaign finance like, and other where things where intent. it actually requires you to know it, it has to be, there has to be an intent right. to break the law. If you do it accidentally, then yeah, maybe they could fine you or something. It's not the but, same. And, and I think some of these things, some of these things may up, may end up right. with just fines. You know, I, I don't know that we're going to end up with Rudy in jail, you know? I mean, as fun as it might be to see, I don't know that we're going to end up there. Um, but clearly, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. Hey, 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 we got hey, we got Manafort in jail. Why the fuck can't we have Rudy? I mean, come on, man. Come on. Oh, he's he's going to pull out one of those uh, secret pardons at the last moment. That would be that would be something. Uh, Gates too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and I, I'm gonna, you know, this is a Rudy topic, not an everybody in trouble, but I'll just mention the, the latest thing on Gates, uh, is that, uh, you know, documentary evidence from that other guy in Florida who's now cooperating with the, uh, officials, I forget his name, Greenberg or something, I don't, I forget his name, um, shows requests where he was offering Roger Stone money to try to arrange a pardon for him and Matt Gates. Uh, oh yes, I did see that. Yes, and, and and along with this is along with this conversation is all kinds of yeah. This is what happened. Right. We pay. We paid money for you know, to have sex with the seventeen-year-old. Yes. It, it, right. Right out there in the communications with Roger Stone. It's like <laughs> how. how <laughs> Again, greedy, horny idiots. Yes. I, I I mean, man, they're so stupid. They're so dumb. Uh, and I just can't get past that. Now, I did read in this latest batch about Matt Gates that apparently they are now saying that, oh, we thought she was 19. We found out later. Yeah, yeah. His accomplice doesn't think that that, that was the case. Okay. Um. Uh, 
uh, I, I guess we've exhausted Rudy because we started talking about other people in the orbit. Um, so that that's enough. Let, let's take a break. And when we come back from the break, we will have a couple more topics. Back after this. Do, do, do. This podcast is sponsored by AlexMzilla.com. Alex Mzilla is great. It's on YouTube. And it has lots of fun videos. Alex Mzilla is awesome and great. I love his videos. And they are obviously better than Curmudgeon's Corner. Well, they're funnier. They're more interesting. And frankly, he seems at least a little smarter than either of the hosts of Curmudgeon's Corner. Honestly, it's ridiculous how endlessly talented and phenomenal Alex Emsela is. That's how great his YouTube channel is. A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A dot com. Yes. Do, do, do! Okay, we are back, and Yvonne, it is your turn to pick a topic. Uh, let's go with the India COVID uh, explosion surge COVID outside the U.S. COVID thing. <laughs> or, or just the overall COVID thing. thing. Once again, because you cannot go a single week without picking COVID as a topic. How? I mean, it's still going on. We're not over it. No, we're, no, we're not. And um, as, as you said, it is, um, uh, especially outside the U.S., it is still uh, really bad. Um, I so, mean, it, it's, a, it's not still. I mean, it's getting worse oh, in a yes. whole bunch of places. I mean, it's just out of, fu- I mean, in India, it's just. It's just completely out of fucking control. So, so let's I mean, let, just... let's start with some basic stats. I hadn't actually done my daily update of this stuff yet, but okay. But get the but pull out the calculators. The worldwide numbers, um, you know, we're we're back with single day numbers over fifteen thousand a day for deaths. Um, the the daily average, um, is rapidly approaching uh, a new all-time high if it continues like you know who knows any day it could just magically turn around but if it continues at the current rate we're we're probably going to hit new all-time highs in less than two weeks seven day average deaths per day um the the um cases on a worldwide basis have already been hitting new records all the time uh, we passed the the January high um, uh, a, 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 a few weeks ago now, I guess. I, I should look. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Ca- cases hit their pre- previous January high uh, uh, middle of April, like two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, and then if you start looking at countries, um, India cases have actually started to slow down slightly, but deaths are still accelerating in terms of where they are. And I saw at least some speculation that the reason that cases are slowing down a little bit, and I want to make clear by slowing down, I don't mean they are going down. I just mean the rate of increase has been 
getting less. Um, but there's been some speculation that that's because they're maxing out text testing capacity. Yeah. Not because it's actually going down or, or and again, not going down, just slowing down. Um, so India is a freaking mess uh, on a, on a per capita basis. It still looks actually slightly better than United States in terms of deaths per capita. But, but, and I, we mentioned this, briefly last week that there were some conversations about how much about potentially deaths being underestimated in India. There was a lot more reporting on that after we recorded last week's show, um, where Indian news reporters were specifically going around and planting themselves at places that were doing cremations and counting how many people were getting cremated and realizing that if the numbers they were counting at those locations was representative, the actual number of deaths going on was potentially four to 10 times higher than the officially reported numbers. Jesus Christ. That is massive. Um, because, you know, if, if it's anywhere near that, then we've already well surpassed last January and we're, we're going into the stratosphere. Um, you know, and Brazil is still very high too. It's, it's sort of plateaued and maybe even started to go back down again, but at an extremely high level still. So worldwide, it, it's, it's a freaking mess. It is a complete mess uh, in, in, in many places. Uh, I, I will share some positive news. You want positive news? Uh, okay, go for it. Okay. Well, I, I actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, I saw, I, I've been talking to people in Mexico and a number of people I've spoken to today were either getting vaccinated today or were soon to be vaccinated uh in Mexico, the number of people, uh, at least in Mexico, that are getting vaccinated is accelerating uh, pretty quickly. I saw a report that Pfizer is uh, – I did not realize that one of the reasons we weren't exporting more vaccines unlike other countries, unlike you know some others that were exporting like China and some others was because part of the Operation Warp Speed – stuff uh had prohibited uh, the the manufacturers from exporting vaccine before March 31st mm. okay from the US um so uh apparently Pfizer is starting to uh, ship a significant amount of vaccine now to Mexico that apparently it will be far more than they've gotten from anywhere else like right now at this point and I also saw um that they also want to export the AstraZeneca because we hadn't been using it. We hadn't approved it. Uh, but it seems that that is tangled up in in this factory that was in Baltimore that had this uh, issue with, uh, with the quality of the production. And they were trying to make sure that those doses were actually usable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because what's the point if they're going to ship them if they're useless? Uh, so, so I saw some of that. So I've been seeing some... Trends in terms of accelerating vaccinations outside the the U.S., but I also uh, uh, Colombia. The 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 people I've spoken to is that man cases are uh, quite out of quite 
uh, out of control like right now. Uh, I know that uh, today I found out that my uh, my wife's uh, uh, well, like, I guess he's not an uncle. He's the, the husband of her aunt, uh, whatever the hell that's called. Are they supposed to be called? I don't know. I called them uncles. Is that an uncle? Uncle-in-law? Uncle-in-law, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, whatever. Okay. Yep, go ahead. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, it's he's fine to just call with, him an uncle. He's in a hospital with COVID um, mm-hmm. right now. He's not doing too well at all. Um, so that's that's not good. Um, and so, uh, so and that's in Colombia. And I've I've been hearing a lot of reports that in Colombia it's 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 really bad. And in Venezuela, where they're reporting that there are no cases, but I also have somebody I spoke to today that told me that their brother in in Venezuela was also sick at the hospital with COVID in Venezuela, where there's supposedly almost no COVID, and that they knew a bazillion people that were sick, but they're reporting, hey, everything's fine, you know, it's no problem. And so, and so you know, that's a whole bunch of fucking bullshit. Um. In Chile right now, uh, I spoke to some people this week in Chile, and they're reporting to me that things are getting better uh, in terms of that, but also part is because uh, it's taken longer, even though they've vaccinated more than any anywhere else in Latin America. Uh, it's just that they're using the Sinovac vaccines, and those vaccines actually don't really kick in until they get there. It's a two-dose mm-hmm. vaccine, but it really doesn't protect people until after the second dose. Right. And so, but, but they told me that things are definitely getting better at this point in, 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 in Chile. Uh, but Argentina and Uruguay, Uruguay had been like shielded from a lot of it. They, they had at first, the first waves, they didn't get it. But right now they are getting crushed with cases right now in Uruguay. It's just really, really bad in Uruguay. Uh, and Uruguay is relatively small, about 4 million, 5 million people. But I do think that it's one of the things that, uh, well, there was an article, and I had mentioned this before, some of these articles came out, that I said that Brazil basically was a super spreader event uh, this summer, you know, the summer in, in South America being between, you know, December and March uh, summer. And that, look, People from all these fucking neighboring countries, they were like, oh, there's no restrictions in Brazil. Let's go. Let's go summer in Brazil. (laughs) And, you know, so now they've brought back COVID in, you know, with the variants that were Brazil that spread a lot more easier. And they're just hammering places, you know, and Uruguay is getting absolutely hammered. The other place where there's a lot of cases also, uh, Ed. Right now, you know, we kept talking about whether a presidential candidate in the U.S. is going to get, you know, nailed. We had the mm-hmm. we had the president himself get COVID. The leading presidential candidate in Peru is in the hospital, and based on what it was said, this guy is 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 due to COVID. Okay, um, and this guy was the front runner in that election, who, by the way, was running uh, against. Uh, I think it's uh, you remember the old dictator, the Fujimori, the the, yeah, the, yeah. the Japanese descent. Well, he's running against his daughter, okay, for that election for president there. Um and so um and so this guy was a extreme far left uh guy and people were very afraid of him, but this guy seems to have a severe covid and is in the hospital right now. So, uh I mean, there you you could have, you know, your scenario that we were talking about having an election upended by covid, well, well, and we we've we've actually had I, I forget uh 
we've had at least one world leader actually die of this. Um, I believe in an African country um, a couple months ago. Uh, so I mean, yeah, <laughs> of course it's it's hitting. So you you mentioned how bad Uruguay is uh, on a per capita basis. I looked it up. Uh, of countries with populations over a million, because I'm excluding the ones under that because they're a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on a per capita basis, Uruguay is number one in the world for cases per capita right now, uh, and number two in the world for deaths per capita. Uh, so yeah, Ur Uruguay is way up there. Right now, just looking at countries, I'm looking at deaths now. Um, the Let's do the top 10. Number one, Hungary. Jeez. Number two, Uruguay. Hmm. Number three, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Nice. Number four, North Macedonia. Number five, Bulgaria. Number six, Paraguay. Number seven, Peru. Number eight, Poland. Number nine, Brazil. And number 10, Croatia. So if, if you notice two concentrations there, it's South America and Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, um, and also, in terms of India, you, you'd mentioned all the people going to vacation in Brazil. Uh, in India, I, I've been listening to a lot of BBC uh, over the last week, more than I had in years. Because, again, it's one of the luxuries that now that Trump isn't here, we can... <laughs> think about other things. Um, but you know, they, they had a lot of on the ground reporting from India and person after person after person had the exact same story, which, which is we thought we had beaten this thing. We, mm. um, a few months back, all the, and numbers... I've heard the same for people I've been talking to in India. They, they basically were acting like that. Oh, this, we beat this thing. We're good. Everything's fine. No problem. Yeah, all the numbers were really low. They had done better than most of the world on a per capita basis all along, and their last peak had ended, and they were down to pretty low numbers comparatively. And so, yeah, they started acting like it was over, and they didn't have to care anymore, and they started, you know... Going back to normal, large gatherings, political gatherings, sporting events, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Everybody basically acting like nothing to worry about. It's all over. And kaboom, it explodes. And the difference is, and the difference is, you know, we've, parts of the U.S. are doing that too at this point. But we've got the vaccination numbers. Right. And and look, that's made all the difference. I mean, I really think that there's strong evidence at this point that those vaccinations are what is keeping. Like, if 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 the U.S. was opening up in the same way that it is, but we did not have these vaccination numbers, oh, we'd be fucked. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, we'd 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 be in this we'd be in the same kind of position as these other places. But right now, cases are uh, the fourteen-day average. It, it, you know, it, it it was you know about a week ago. It was up. Right now, it is trending hard down. It's down twenty-seven percent. And deaths are trending down too. Not as fast as cases, but they're they're trending down. Uh, and it's undeniable. We had a couple hot spots, but they're getting better now too. And as long as the vaccination numbers keep chugging along we're probably there 
Um, you know, there, there is conversation going on about now, uh, you know, are we, we're now reaching the point where supply is actually exceeding demand on vaccines and we're getting to the point where all the people who really want them are doing it. And so now it's a question of, can we convince the reluctant people and do we get high enough without them? And I, and I think that that's, that's a very important thing, but availability is important. And I think that the one thing that, you know, there are certain people like, well, Look, I went and I got vaccinated the first day it was possible for me to do so. But there's a lot of people that I know that want to vaccinate it, but they're working. They have things. It's it's it, you know it's 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 relatively inconvenient. But but the what I understood is the Biden administration strategy right now is that listen, we want to make this as easy and as widely available as possible. Okay, especially because we know we're going to have to. We're it, it's very clear right now that we are going to have to. We're going to need booster shots. Okay. All right. Yeah. That this is not just like we got vaccinated now and I'm not going to have to get vaccinated again. I mean, I'm, we're going to have to get vaccinated again in about 12 months, 11 months around there. So that's just a reality. This will probably end up being something like the flu shot where you need to get it every year. And, and so because of that, then what they want to make sure is that we have you ubiquitous availability that, that you could just walk. Hey, you need a you need a covid shot. You could just walk in anywhere. Get your damn shot. You're done. You're out quick. No appointment. None of this shit. None of these lines. Nothing like we've been we've been having before. So that's I think is the critical thing that what they want to get to that stage. Uh, and, and if we get to that, then that makes it a lot easier for 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 those groups. I will say that. One thing, I, I and I'm not sure. I I I I I think that in order to reach certain of the groups, it, the right people to reach those groups. These are people like right now. Some of the groups that we're talking about that aren't going to listen to like a Fauci. No, in in fact, I, I've seen like focus groups where they specifically asked like, "What would it take to get you to actually do a vaccine?" And people's answers were like. Get Fauci off my screen. I never want to see him again. <laughs> right, because these people are morons, and so therefore you need somebody else that is re- that that these morons see as somebody intelligent to be able to get these fuckers to go and get their damn vaccines. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you know we had over th- this week there was a big brouhaha about Joe Rogan going and yeah. somebody twenty one years old asked him a question about. About getting vaccinated, he said, "Ah, oh, you're 21. You're healthy. You shouldn't get vaccinated." And you know, he got lectured by a whole bunch of people. But what I really wish is that somebody that this asshole would listen to, okay? Which is not a guy like me, but somebody of you know, there's gotta be some fucking Republicans or like right wing people that these guys listen to that are for vaccines, because a lot of people in those groups are getting vaccines. Okay, look, I mean, I'm looking at a at a map of Florida. I've looked at the counties that voted mostly for 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 Trump. They're getting heavily vaccinated. Mm. So they have to be listening to some of these people. Okay? So who the hell are the guys that we could get at, that I'm not sending Fauci out there that these people that they could go out there and they will listen to them to get the damn thing in their arm. Right. That's, I think, is the approach that they need to get right now. They've got to find some of these people that are just willing to go out there, you know, uh, to to help get these damn people vaccinated. And it's not Ted Cruz. It's not a Lindsey Graham. I'm not sure who the hell it is. But, you know, somebody that these fucking people listen to. There's got to be somebody. I, I don't know, because I don't fucking watch this shit that they watch. I mean, it's all garbage. 
Donald himself? Donald has said it himself. Yeah, but he said it in a sort of low-key way. Exactly. It's his wishy-washy fucking way. I mean, he didn't even make a public show of showing himself getting vaccinated, man. Right. So, since we're on pandemic, before we close this out, and I, I don't I don't know, like, because we could have done a whole segment just on this, but I do want to mention, you know, CDC came out with updated recommendations for sort of, like, what you could do as as a person who is fully vaccinated and in terms of mask wearage, especially outside and blah, blah, blah. And they've been criticized all over the place for once again, sort of screwing up messaging in terms of a, what they're saying um, is confusing. Like you you look at some of what they said and the guidelines and the diagrams and, you know, I, I, one person pointed out that even Dr. Fauci himself messed it up in one of his interviews because it, it, it's, it's it's confusing. It's not really super coherent. It's also seemingly actually lagging significantly behind the actual science. So, for instance, like one of the questions is about mask usage outdoors. Okay. And it has been increasingly obvious over the last many months that risk of transmission, even on unvaccinated people outside, is extremely low. Basically, if you're outside in normal sort of outdoor air currents, um, you basically have to be right up against somebody, talking to them in very close proximity for an extended length of time to have a significant chance of transmission between you. So, you know, your normal sort of outdoor activities... That way, wait, let me clear. That's just to even get exposed. And then if you're vaccinated, then that drops the odds a b- bazillion times even low. Yeah. And so so the, the, the new guidance that came out for the CDC is basically if you're vaccinated, you can go without a mask at anything other than, you know, you, you, yes, you're, you're outdoors, but yeah, it's, it's a crowded thing. Everybody's jammed up next to each other and you're going to be well, It's like at a protest, for example, or something like well, that. Well, yeah, at, at, more like at a crowded test or uh, like a concert or something like that where you're you're really shoulder right. to shoulder with right. people right um and they, right. but their advice was okay if you're fully vaccinated you only need a mask in that last scenario which okay that makes sense but actually from everything we've learned that same thing i just said is true of unvaccinated people too outdoors now there's a huge difference indoors that's a whole other story but their guidance didn't didn't reflect that. And there's been some reporting that the reason was they wanted to make a, a very big difference between the unvaccinated and the vaccinated uh, look at that to encourage more people to get vaccinated. And I know you want to encourage more people to get vaccinated, but that doesn't mean you you make stuff up that isn't supported by the science. At this point, even unvaccinated people Outside is pretty darn safe unless you're in those crowded scenarios. Now, again, inside, whole different story, right? I mean, the difference between inside and outside for vaccinated and unvaccinated is much bigger. It becomes much more important scenarios knowing, like, even if you are vaccinated, if there are unvaccinated people in the room, it's still... And this is another one where people have criticized the CDC for being too conservative. 
you know, there is already lots of evidence that your chances of transmitting are also lower when you're vaccinated, uh, not just uh, your chance of getting sick, but there's not, quote unquote, enough yet. So they're not willing to go and, and say that if you're vaccinated, you're not going to transmit it to other people either. Um, and so there's just been, I, I said last week, there's, they have not been good at messaging throughout this whole thing. And at but, le- but, but listen, a, a big part of that is because the messaging and everybody that was involved at the CDC at this from the outset basically was muscled out, was it, it, everything got so contorted right now that I, I still think that they're still struggling a little bit with their voice and what they communicate like right now because mm. of how fucked up things have been really the last, uh, 15 months with this fucking mess. Yeah. I, and so I, 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 I really only buy that. I only buy that of, excuse for a certain amount of time. Right. I mean, uh, you know, but, but this wasn't like terrible messaging either. There was some stuff in here that they could have been more that I think that, that, that the only thing about this messaging is that they were more conservative than some people wanted in certain things. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't think that is the worst thing in yeah, the world. I mean, yeah. And I think the discussion that was having today is that, look, even I'm like vaccinated and I am probably still proactive in terms of wearing a mask in a whole bunch of situations that I probably don't need to wear a mask, but I still did it. I still do anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, so, and, and I will add one <sighs> thing to that scenario. Like it, it, if we are talking about indoors in a public space, let's say grocery store or whatever, things like that, right? Where you don't know, let's say you're fully vaccinated, but you don't know who is or is not vaccinated amongst the people you're interacting with. You know, um, in those scenarios, you know, those other people who are unvaccinated have no way to know that you are. And yes, you could tell them, but you could be lying. And how, how do they know? Right. So to, to them, and you, you could say at this point also, uh, you could say, well, look, now it's wide open all across the country. All adults can be vaccinated. So if they're not vaccinated, it's their own damn fault. And that's their, they're taking on that risk. A couple things with that. Uh, argument before I move on to other parts of this. One, there are people who really legitimately cannot take the vaccination. That's true. That's correct. Yep. I was texting with somebody um, that, you know, our our family knows uh, earlier today um, that says they really, really want the vaccination. They're really worried about this. They can't for medical reasons. Uh, like other people in their close family has have taken it and gotten extremely severe side effects. Um, and they have been told by their doctor that they shouldn't take it because they're at risk for a bad reaction, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I don't know their detailed medical history and I don't want to second guess that, but there are definitely people who, for one reason or another, it's counterindicated and they shouldn't take it. Okay. Um, also, n- nobody under 16 is eligible yet. And that's 20% of the population, okay? Um, and, and so there are lots of unvaccinated people out there. And yeah, you could say, oh, well, the under under 16, they're not really at risk, so whatever. But, you know, yeah, yeah, some of those die too. And, you know, so if you are in that public situation, I feel like it is still the absolute height of being an asshole to go into a public space like that unmasked. Because it is not about you, it is not about protecting you, and even if you know you are vaccinated and you know that chances are very low that you actually have it and are able to pass it on, 
The people around you do not know that. And so if I'm an unvaccinated person because I can't be vaccinated, I'm uneligible, or I just maybe haven't been able to yet, like you said, it's inconvenient, it, you know, and I just haven't had a chance yet, then you coming in as an unmasked individual into a closed, confined, indoor space is a, an open act of threat and aggression towards me as the as the unvaccinated person who can't be vaccinated. And so, yeah, you are being a complete asshole about it if you do that. Um, and especially if the business is saying we require a mask and you try to say, I'm no, I'm not doing it anyway because I'm vaccinated and it's stupid. Look, if you're, if you're going against that requirement, you're being a dick. And I, I've seen some people uh, you know, talk about, you know, okay, I'll put on a mask, but it's a fake mask. It doesn't really do anything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're a dick. You're an asshole. It's a face mask. <laughs> you are, you are being unnecessarily aggressive against the other people in that environment. It is not about you and your stupid, you know, desire not to wear a mask. It is about you being completely and totally inconsiderate for the people around you end of story my my wife ba basically today and i and i'm so proud of her uh for coming up with this example uh basically told me uh look would you just walk up to somebody that you never met and just have unprotected sex and she's like no you would wear a condom right well then look that's your same argument for wearing a wearing a mask in situations like you were talking about you're going out in a public place with all these people you don't know whether vaccinated or not so why aren't you wearing a mask if you wear a fucking condom when you're gonna go have sex with people you don't know then you fucking wear a mask when you're gonna mingle with people you don't you know that that you know you you barely met i mean i i, I go look I, i've been going to my parents house or whatever we're all vaccinated whatever and we're all of us are so we're not wearing masks but but you know and but, that and that's an entirely and that that is that is completely aligned with cdc guidelines at this point exactly 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 and so if you are vaccinated and everybody you are with is vaccinated take off the masks if you or or even if you are vaccinated and the other people are low risk exactly so that's what we're doing you can take off the mask in that scenario too if you know they are exactly if we know exactly but the difficulty comes into those scenarios where you don't know the status of the people around you. They may be high risk. They may not be able to be vaccinated. You don't know. And, and even, and look, there, there, the evidence is still not out. Maybe there's a small chance of you transmitting to them, but even assume there isn't. They have no way of knowing that. Exactly. Exactly. So, we've beaten COVID to death, at least as a talking subject. We can't be, if we could beat, we, we could beat it out of existence by talking about it, we would have beaten it already. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, I, I suppose this means it's my turn? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I will, you know, there, there's several items that are tempting me here, and I'm even tempted to like do one of my movies or something. But we've we've been on serious topics so far, so let's let's close it out. Um, the census results and congressional re reapportionment. Um, so look, th this is all delayed 
because, you know, there was the COVID delay. There was also questions about whether the Trump administration was intentionally slow rolling things. Uh, the the information that was released this week was in was originally supposed to be released months ago. Um, but what they released this time was the overall population of the United States and the population of each state. They haven't yet released sort of detailed sort of block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood information and all that kind of stuff. They'll do that in a few more months. This is enough for them to say which states are going to gain or lose uh, representatives in the House, uh, which also uh, reflects to the Electoral College, because the Electoral College is based on the number of senators plus the number of representatives. And uh, we we saw um, a number of places move around. I mean, the big shift, just at a very high level, um, was from the Northeast to the Southwest. Uh, you know, states in the Northeast tended to lose, states in the Southwest and tended to gain. Um, overall, um, the net distribution of seats uh, favors the Republicans, but not by as much as was expected. Um, so, like, th- there were there had been estimates beforehand that the reapportionment alone, without anything else, might result in a net gain of five or six seats for the Republicans. It looks like with just the reapportionment alone, it might be a gain of two or three seats uh, for the Republicans. It's still a gain for the Republicans, just not as big as they thought it would be. Um, and uh, and part of that is... Um, Part of that is just the distribution of the states between red states and blue states and all that. But the the key element is who controls the state legislatures that are going to control the redistricting process. Because once you know, okay, this state gets one more seat or two more seats or whatever, whether or not those seats are going to be Republican or Democrat is to a large degree determined by how you do the redistricting. And there are some states that have nonpartisan commissions, but not as many as there probably should be. Uh, in lots of states, it's controlled by whichever party is in charge of the state legislature uh, is going to get to define uh, the redistricting, and the Republicans have advantage in more states. Uh, and so that that's where that comes out. One key element uh, to mention in that is that uh, New York lost one seat to Minnesota, and the margin is notable. If there had been 89 more people counted in New York state, they would have kept that seat. 89. And just to be clear, that's not saying if there were 89 more people in New York. That's if 89 more people answered their census form. Let, let me be clear about something. The, the, this administration made a pathetic effort at counting people. And I am pretty convinced that they undercounted significantly uh, versus other efforts. Uh, in other census efforts, uh, there was a lot of work done at counting homeless, counting uh, undercounted populations. Uh, and this administration basically didn't give a shit. And wait, wait, j- just real quick. And those undercounted populations, do they tend to be populations that like Republicans? No. They don't. Yeah. And and so th- that's definitely part of this equation. Because they're looking at the urban ones, not necessarily the rural ones. We're, we're talking like really where, where we see the undercounting gaps are more uh, 
the urban populations and also talking about people who are not here legally, which, by the way, count for the census. Yes. And, and, there, and there were lawsuits about this in the last couple of years that, by the way, the Republicans lost, where the Republicans were trying to say, no, 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 it should just be the count of legal voters or eligible voters or citizens or something or, like that. Or, or, or citizens. Citizens was the, the one thing. And, and that's never been the case with the census. Never, you know, no. Yeah, it's always the total number of people, which means, you know, kids count, illegal immigrants count, uh, non-resident aliens count, uh, where... Anybody who's actually living, I guess non-resident aliens is the wrong thing. I shouldn't. It's it's resident aliens. Anybody who's over here li- living, exactly. Um, so so yeah. So I I I think that you know. So they they definitely did that, and that's why I think that you know you had some some of those cases. Now I do think that it kind of like backfired in the end. You know, this entire thing of not going out and like counting as aggressively because. Look, those Sunbelt states that we're talking about really have had big population growth. And I do think that if they had been more aggressive, I think, in counting a state like Texas, where there's a lot of the population they're talking about, they, they may have been able to get more Texas. But maybe at the same time. Well, and spe- specifically, Texas is one of the places where the expectation coming into this was that Texas would gain three seats. It ended up gaining two. Right. So it still gained. But not as much as people thought it would. Right, 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 right. And so, you know, I, I, I think that you know the as everything that happened in the last administration, they basically you know try to politicize uh, something that I had never seen the census itself politicized uh, before in this level uh, during my lifetime. Um, I know there've been controversies about the census before, but not during my lifetime. Uh, for the most part, uh, both Republican and Democrat administrations that I know had been involved in the census, uh, had tried actively to do the opposite, to, to, to go and like work and fill in the gaps. I, I worked I remember the census while we were at CMU once, and it was one of the first times that, and this was under the first Bush administration, where they were very actively trying to, it was one of the first efforts they did to count homeless. Mm -hmm. Because they had not been doing that before, and they knew that they had been unencounting city populations because of that. And uh, H.W. Bush administration uh, had put together a program to go out and to ensure to get those counted. Um, and so they added an effort and added groups of people that would go out and try to count the homeless or count you know, those undercounted populations. It, 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 there had been a whole bunch of work around that. Um, but you know, this last admin took the completely opposite tack of any administration, either Republican or Democrat, that I've ever seen in my life. Which is just to actively just fuck with the count. Yeah. And and they were blatantly obvious about it yes, for most of the time they were doing it. Right. You know, and I, I mentioned the fact that they are they were late. And, you know, part of it, okay, legitimate delays because of COVID last year. Uh, but part of it seems to also have been the administration intentionally dragging its feet. And so this announcement, like I said, was supposed to be late last year sometime. Uh, all of the detail on the neighborhood level census results 
is needed for the redistricting process. And it's going to be many months late. And so a lot of states are actually going to have to delay like primaries and stuff for next year because you you can't until you know where the district lines are you can't hold elections related to the new districts right and so a lot of states are going to really be behind the eight ball in terms of redrawing their lines which has to happen everywhere by the way not just the states that gain or lose because you know the the districts are supposed to be roughly equal in proportion so if population is shifted within the state you have to adjust the district lines for that as well um and so a lot of states are going to be under major time crunches to try to have this redistricting process happen in time for the various elections next year, especially when you take into account the fact that in many of these states, there are going to be all kinds of court cases related to it, too. Because if they do try to very aggressively gerrymander, you can guarantee someone's going to take them to court about it being an unfair gerrymander and it's going to have to have time to work its way through the courts, etc. So you're a lot of there's going to be a lot of drama around this process uh, as it goes on over the course of the next um, year or so. Um, and uh, and it's going to matter a lot. Um, I just wanted to put out there for the record, you know, I simplified and said, you know, Northeast loses, Southwest gains. Um, when you get to a state-by-state -state level, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So here's the list. Um, e even though the, the overall population shift for many decades has been in the direction I've been mentioning. But here's the specific states. Um, the only state to gain two was Texas. Texas gains two seats. Then um, the following states all gain one seat. Florida, Colorado, Montana, North Carolina, and Oregon. The following states lose seats. California, Illinois, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia are the states that lose. And, and by the way, this brings up another thing. The reason we've got states gaining and losing here is because the number of seats in Congress is fixed by a law from, like I forget, the 19-teens sometime. Because uh, until then, uh, the, you know, the, the size of the House of Representatives kept growing um, over time. Uh, but, you know, at one point they were like, this is enough. We'll stop. <laughs> and so the House has been of a fixed size. So any gain in one part of the country is automatically balanced by a loss somewhere else to keep the same total. Um, and so... You're you're just shifting around that pool, um, whereas in sort of, and there are a lot of people that are arguing this. In a healthier system, you would have kept a fixed ratio of saying, "Hey, you get one representative per this number of people," and 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 then the number of representatives in the house just keeps growing, um, and you can argue about what ratio that should be and how you know is it would it be unwieldy to have a house of representatives with 30,000 people in it okay yeah i could see why that might be problematic right uh yeah that could be a problem yeah but but could you deal with you know one or two thousand instead of 400 and something yeah probably well i don't know that sounds very unwieldy <laughs> Well, when, when, when they were talking about the State of the Union uh, the other day, I I forget the exact number, but it was something like the actual House chamber was designed to hold up to like 1,800 people. 
Well, yeah. I mean, with a gallery up at the top, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you could certainly expand from where it is now without even changing the physical building. And with the technology we have today, you don't even actually need the people to be there. You know? Um, but anyway, uh, so redistricting is going to be a mess as it always is. And there's big impacts to what the electoral map looks like, both uh, for Congress and for the presidency. Um, and as we've said before, just specifically, you know, even if it's, you know, the current margin in the House is what, five seats? You know, so the Republicans gaining two through the redistricting process is significant. It may, it may not be the six that they thought they might get through this process, but it's still, you know, when it's that close, that matters. And then, um, you know, with the general tendency for the out party to gain seats uh, in off years, um, you know, there's there's uh, there's definitely the Democrats might buck the historical trend, but the historical trend would certainly be for them to lose ground in both the House and Senate next year, which, of course, given their current margins, would mean losing control of one or both houses of Congress. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, the, the Republicans certainly don't seem to be helping themselves in other ways, and uh, the Democrats seem to be doing a good job so far. So maybe they will buck that trend. It has happened. Um, but, uh, you know, this is yet another thing where... You know, the thumb is sort of on the scale against the Democrats come next year. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. So, uh, no more senses. We know where to district the, well, we're, we're waiting for information for the redistricting. Anything else? No, I think we're done. I think that's a show. I think that's a show. Yeah. Okay, Sam. Carry us out of here. Carry us out of here. I get to do the thing. I get to do the, the, you get to do the, the thing. thing that I always do at the end, uh, except for your part. Your cup, your part is coming up in a few seconds, Yvonne. So prepare yourself. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if you want to get in touch with us, longtime listeners know this, but if this is your first time in, well, welcome. But also, you can get a hold of us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Abelsme, A B U L S M E. And Yvonne is at I M B O, I M B O U. We would love to hear from you through Facebook, Twitter, whatever. If you don't like social media, you can email us. It's feedback at curmudgeons corner.com. We would love to get email from you too. Uh, if you really like the show, then donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. We would love to get that little trickle of cash in from uh, you loyal, excited listeners. But if it's a deluge of cash, we'll be happier. Yeah, yeah. Deluges are fine, too. Uh, it doesn't have to be a trickle. But we welcome even the trickles. In the past, they have gone to give us improved uh, audio equipment. Uh, uh, it's helped fund a meetup for our, uh, us and our listeners. You know, fun things like that. Um, and we got to thank Alex for his $200 contribution. Yes, and thank Alex for his 
uh, semi-voluntary $200 contribution last <laughs> week. Um, yeah, he, he kind of owed me the money anyway, so... Because, uh, <laughs> you know, we have this thing where he gets an allowance each week, but he's theoretically supposed to do certain things in exchange for getting the allowance, and he hasn't actually done those things lately, and I just, you know, but I have to remember to pull the allowance back out of his account, and I just hadn't remembered in a while, and so that's where the... that That's the gray area that $200 lived in. But anyway, let's say he donated the $200. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, lots of fun there, but, uh, yeah, donate to our Patreon, and I'm still thinking about whether we get him an I Hate Curmudgeon's Corner mug, because I think I could swing that. Yeah, just take, just take the existing mug and, like, slap an I Hate in red on top of it or something like that, you know? Yes, yes, I think that's a perfect mug for him, yes. I, I think so. I think so. We may have to do yes. something like that. Yes, we may have to do uh, something, yes. Yeah, in any case... Uh, yeah, uh, give us money on Patreon at various levels on Patreon. You can get us mentioning you on the show, us sending you a postcard, uh, or a mug like the ones we were just talking about, a curmudgeon's corner mug, probably without the, I hate on it. Although if anybody really, really wants an, I hate curmudgeon's corner mug other than Alex, you know, let us know and give us an appropriate Patreon donation and we, we might consider doing it anyway. Right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and importantly, and importantly, and leading into Yvonne's next thing, um, at $2 a month or more on our Patreon, or if you just talk to us regularly in any of the other ways, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, which is a chat room where all week long we're exchanging links, we're talking about the news of the day and other interesting things. So Yvonne, here is your bright shining moment. Tell us about some things we have discussed on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack in the last week that we have not talked about on the show. Well, one thing we haven't talked about the rental car crisis around the 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 the, the, the around the U.S. more specifically, and how Hawaiians are people that are going not Hawaiians people that are going to vacation in Hawaii are going around in U-Hauls because they can't get rental cars. For example, <laughs> that was a story that we shared. Which is just an, on a, that, a, regardless of the details happening with that, that's just an amusing picture, right? You're on vacation. Yes, it, yes, it, riding around in a <laughs> yes. big ass moving truck. <laughs> Yes, because you, you couldn't find another car. Uh, how basically car lots have run out of cars. Mm -hmm. uh, the, there is a massive shortage of both real estate and uh, and cars. And, and now, now uh, you're, you're uh, no longer you're no surged. longer talking about rental cars. You're talking about if you want to go out and buy a car. If you want to go house. out and buy a car right now, for example, there's a there, there is a shortage of cars. So, there, that that right now, uh, for example, uh, one of our listeners was shopping for some pickup trucks, and like a few months back, they had about sixty in stock at this one dealer, and right now, of the same vehicles, they had two. Mm -hmm. That's it. Two. And how the same is happening with housing, like right now, how uh, there's just no houses available, just houses for sale. The inventory is just very slim, like right now. People have just gone crazy buying places to live. I, I've come to the conclusion that it has to be just because so many people did not have home offices mm. and they've had to work from home. It's got to be. There's no other good explanation. And, and, you know, so they needed. Big, they needed to move to a place that could accommodate. Oh, I see what you mean. So they they needs. they were in a, like an apartment or something and did not have a good home office space. So need so went and bought a house. Is that your hypothesis? 
or a bigger place, a, a place that was bigger to whatever the heck they had, right? You know, because they just they they couldn't live where they were. Hmm. They couldn't all work from home. I mean, how would you? How do you do it? I've seen that happen. A lot. I actually, my downstairs neighbors bought a house precisely because of that. Hmm. Now, is there also a component of? And I don't want to actually talk about this as a topic, but is there also a component of of people who might be interested in selling their houses, just not wanting to deal with any of that stuff during a pandemic, and so just sitting still? No, no, no. I, I, I No, 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 no. There's just a lot more buyers than there are sellers. Well, right. I, I was trying to get to the seller side. Are there is there also a reluctance to sell right now? I, it doesn't seem like there is as much a reluctance to sell. Uh, well, I, I, I just think that there is, no, demand is far outstripping how many people are willing to sell. And so and let me give you an example. When I was going back to cars, dealers were saying that they had been, you know, it used to be that they would have like 30 or 60 days of inventory uh, available for sale. They had been going on a whole bunch of models where they didn't just sell everything they had on the lot, but they had forward sold almost 50% of what was coming in already was already pre-sold before it arrived mm. at the dealer. So so anyway, anyway, I said I didn't want to actually start talking about it as a topic. This is the kind of thing that you could have seen if you were on our Slack. Yes. Uh, we were talking about very narrow garages, uh, <laughs> yes. for example. We were talking about some guy who parked a car in a garage that basically he had to fold his mirrors in to go. It was crazy parking. I mean, that's... Super narrow. Oh, uh, I shared Joe Biden's uh, video conferencing setup for this for this uh, World Climate Forum. And let me tell you something. Can I get that? <laughs> Damn, I want that. Can I get that? Because I like this. I love this. This is fantastic. Okay, that's all I can say about that. Uh, all you have to do is get elected president. Apparently. Shit, man, that's a nice setup. Um, also, uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping tweeted, uh, wrong apartment, we kicked him out months ago. And a picture of FBI agents leaving uh, their place. Yeah, uh, about Rudy, obviously. Yeah. About Rudy. And, you know, all sorts of stuff like that that we were talking about. We, we you know, I we, we, we shared, uh, uh, you know, one more, I think, that we did discuss. Uh, uh, th this case about the cheerleader who went and like cursed out their school, outside of school, and how the school had disciplined her, and the ACLU was defending her for her freedom of speech, basically. So go ACLU. Thing. And it's got like, yeah, and, and go ACLU, and that there is a lot of liberal groups that are actually against her, against the, 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 the you know her, and I'm just like no, and but for some reason a whole bunch of uh, right-wingers are for her. I really don't care. I think, you know what, I'm sorry. She just cursed out loud because she thought that what the school did sucked. She did it not on campus, off campus. She should be able to tell that the school fucking sucks however many times she wants. Oh, absolutely. I agree Especially with you. Especially not on campus school grounds. I agree with you completely. The concern that some people have is that if you don't let the school discipline for things that occur out of school, then they can't do anything about various forms of cyberbullying. And I have a simple answer for that. The school shouldn't be the one dealing with it. If it's actually a case where somebody is threatening somebody else online, harassing them. They need to involve the police. 
Yeah, it, it, it needs to, well, you know, the police have their own issues as we've been talking about in recent weeks, but it should be a criminal matter. It should not be a school matter. It is a criminal matter, unfortunately. And and the parents need to deal with it with, with the other parents. And if they won't do it, then they, unfortunately, it's a criminal matter. This is not a school matter. Yep. Okay. Well, those are the kinds of things you would have missed on our Commudgeons Corner Slack. You sh- really should donate to our Patreon or talk to us a lot so you can get on the Slack. We would love to have you. And you can read full, Rudy's full statement, which is just a work of art. Unbelievable. Yeah, ex- exactly. All, all of this kind of stuff. So with all that said, hey, if you know other people who might like the show, please tell them about it. And if you have something to say about the show, you can also leave reviews. Any place that have podcast reviews, let us know so we can read them too, because we will enjoy that. Even if it's negative, we will react accordingly and yes that's it hey everybody uh stay as safe as you can through this whole thing um yes you know especially if you're in one of the countries that is still being super hard hit um i know we've got a few listeners uh across the world not everybody here is in the u.s um but yeah if if u.s or u.s is is there a difference uh could been probably no anyway yeah anyway if, if you know be careful wherever you are. It's not over anywhere, even in the countries that are doing pretty well. Yeah, still be careful. But especially if you're in one of the places that's in bad shape, stay safe. Um, and uh, hey, uh, have a good week. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later, Yvonne. Later. Bye-bye. And now, for your listening pleasure, an interruption from Alex that was edited out of the show proper. Enjoy. Okay, we are back, and Yvonne, it is time for you to pick another topic. So that means it's time for me to interrupt. (laughs) Time for me to interrupt. Time for me to interrupt. Time for me to interrupt. Time, time for me to interrupt. Daddy. Sorry, sorry. You, you spent your two hundred dollars last week. That's all you got. I know you can't offer us more right now. So. No two hundred dollars is too much. Oh yeah, where money the fuck? Yeah, th- is the money in our account already? Um, well, our account is just us, me keeping track of stuff. I took the $200 from his account, so. No! Oh, okay, good. All right, perfect. Okay, back, back up, back up, sit down. I'm gonna steal it back! Sit down, sit down, sit down. Take a picture. No, sit down. No! Um, now, to be fair, he owed me that $200 anyway. Oh. Okay. You're dude, lying. Dude. Shush. We're starting again. You're starting again? I'm starting again. Woohoo ha ha. Okay. Wait a second. Let me wait for my my CPU to get back under control too cuz this is this is when it like screws up the recording on my side and I miss words.
No, you should have told me that happened before I recorded that whole clip. Uh-huh. Hold uh, on. Don't <laughs> This usually lasts about a minute, Yvonne. It's like my CPU pegs at 100%. And then so that means I'm allowed to interrupt. Do, 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 no. Interrupt. Yes, it does. Inter Interrupt. Interrupt. Of course, I need two more pieces of wood wall. Do, do. Do, do, do. I think it's almost over. Forty-eight. Okay, Alex. His name is CP- My CPU is back to normal. Shut up. Daddy is Quiet. Well, you shut up, Daddy. Uh huh. He secretly set mo, set mo, do 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 do, set mo, do do. Okay. Time to stop if you want any of my time later. Stop. Stop. Amazing. Do 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 Stop now. No one likes set mo. I will turn off the internet on your computer. Okay. For no. You know, my first work call today was at 4.30 a.m. Oh, my God. Jesus. Okay, let's get this over Because I, I had, okay. like, a thing with India. Europe. Yeah, India, India and Egypt, Egypt and a couple others. Anyway, here we go. All right. There we go. Okay. Dude. And that is the end. For real. Goodbye.